Welcome to CBJ in 30, the official podcast of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Here's Bob McElligot. Well, here we go into the final week of the season. Blue Jackets have three games left on the schedule, just three. They'll be in Philadelphia tomorrow night. They'll be at home on Thursday against the Penguins. They'll be at home on Friday against the Buffalo Sabres and then off into the sunset as the 2022-2023 season comes to a close. And at times, it felt like it might last forever, but as you get to the final week, it seems as though it went by in just the blink of an eye. That's what I think anyway. That's the way I feel about it. I remember when we were joking around in the press box saying at one point in time, oh my goodness, we have another 50, 56 games left of this. 56 games. What are we going to do? For the next 56 games. I remember that very vividly. It didn't seem like that long ago. It didn't seem like a big deal. I mean, again, at that point, it seemed like there was a long way to go. And there was a long way to go. But now here we are in the final week. And it's like it, it all disappeared. It's up in smoke. It's over. It's gone. So that's what the Blue Jackets have left on the schedule. They're coming into tomorrow night's game after being shut out 4 to nothing by the New York Rangers on Saturday night at Nationwide Arena. And the Blue Jackets, in taking that shutout loss and watching the Anaheim Ducks pick up a couple of overtime points in the last few games, Blue Jackets have themselves still tied with the Chicago Blackhawks, but by tiebreaker, the Blue Jackets are sitting in 32nd and last place in the NHL going into these final three games. Of course, if they were to finish 32nd, that would give them their best shot at landing the number one overall pick in the NHL draft lottery. However, I will remind you that you get the best chance at 25%. And as those who like to be negative about it say, well, that means there's a 75% chance you're not going to get it. But you get a 25% chance of getting it. That's your best odds if you finish last. Now, the more important thing is if you finished if you finished 32nd, you can only drop two spots, which would mean even if you were to lose the lottery, worst you could do is pick third overall. And that's important for the Blue Jackets who are looking for their next number one centerman. And you've got Connor Bedard, who is the hands-down, slam-dunk, consensus, first overall guy generational player, he's going to go number one. Okay. Then you've got Adam Fantilli, who is just having an incredible season, has had an incredible season at Michigan, expected to go number two overall. Probably would be number one overall in any other year, but Connor Bedard is there, so that's the way it goes. And then you've got Lucas Carlson from um, Sweden in the number three spot. So the worst you could do is pick third if you finish dead last. Now, will the Blue Jackets finish dead last with these three games left? I don't know. If you recall, with 10 games left, I predicted they would go 2-8, and eight, and they've gotten one of those two wins. So there is another on the table. Could it be tomorrow night in Philadelphia? It could be. Could it be at home against the Penguins? As ridiculous as that may sound for a Penguins team that is in the thick of a playoff race and still on the outside looking in with only a couple of games left on their schedule, I say it could happen. It's that kind of year. It's the kind of year where everything you think is not going to happen is happening. So to beat the Penguins in that kind of a situation, I could see it. 
But the game that really looms large for me is the one against Buffalo. Now, this is a makeup game. It was supposed to be played back on December 27th. And if you'll recall, there was a blizzard in Buffalo, and the game had to be postponed because the Sabres couldn't get out. So it got moved to the 14th of April. In that one, right now, Buffalo still has something to play for. By the time that game comes around, they won't. And everybody's just going to be in end-of-season mode then, so I don't know what's going to happen there. So there are three games left. If you get zero points, then you're going to get a 25% chance at landing the top spot in the draft lottery, and you can ensure yourself that you don't pick below third overall. If you get a point, two points, three points, four points, five points, six points, then it all goes haywire, quite honestly. So we're back in this whole thing, and we talked about this last week. You told me there's a divided fan base, those that want to win, those that don't want to win, this, that, the other things. That's where it stands. That's where we are. The Blue Jackets control their own destiny as to whether or not you're going to have the best opportunity at the first overall pick pending the results of the games this week. Okay? So there we are. All right, if you're with me live on Twitter Spaces right now, you can request to be a speaker. If you have a question, I'll bring you on. You can ask your question, and I will answer it. It's another travel day for me today, so we're going to keep it tight today. We're going to roll through this. If you don't want to ask your question live and you don't have to, I, I would like it if you do, but if you don't want to, if you're shy or if you're too busy or you're in a spot where you just can't do it like that, you can always send me your question on Twitter at Bobby Mac Sports, and a lot of people have done that already, so that's where I am going to begin here today. And I'll start with Travis Weaver. Travis says, what should we expect from the Blue Jackets in the final three games? Does being in last place affect plans for guys to be reactivated off injury, or do they still rely heavily on the Monsters players? I The only guy that could come back from the injured list that I could see would be Justin Danforth. He's been practicing for a long time. I know Zach Waranski's out there, but he's not coming off the list. Danforth could. I don't know that he should. I I just I know he wants to. He's already stated that. He's been quoted as saying how much he would like to get back and play before the season's over. And I understand it. I understand that want and that desire. But again, it was a major injury to his shoulder. Do you want to put him back out there and risk something else unforeseen happening, maybe to his shoulder that's not I, I know it, it it's healed, but it'll be a lot more healed by training camp. So do you want to put him in that situation? Does he want to put himself in that situation? He probably does because you just love to play. Um, but I don't know. So to me, that's the only guy that I could see coming off the injured reserve and getting back into the lineup. As far as the other guys, uh, no, well now I, I'm going to take that back because that's a long-term injury guy. Uh, could Elvis come back and play? Yeah, I guess he could. Um, you know, the Olivier's and guys that are on the list, I, I just haven't seen guys in a while. Uh, they're around, but when you're not skating with the team, you're around somewhere, but you're not really part of the group. You're you're uh, on the fringe, so I really haven't seen those guys. Could some of those guys come back? Yeah, I guess if it's a minor injury, you could return before the end of the season, but I'm not sure that anybody will. I would think that in these next three games, it will, uh, again, be the Cleveland Monsters that are supplying the players for the Blue Jackets. Tyler Kearns says, hey, what do you think of Andrew Peake's two full seasons with the Blue Jackets? He's going to lead the club in games played for defensemen for both seasons, but when people talk about the future of the club, he's not mentioned much or at uh, the top of people's list for defense. Great point, Tyler. Absolutely great point. 
And I'll tell you what I think of Andrew Peak as a defenseman for the Blue Jackets. I like Andrew Peak. I think he does a lot of good things. He eats up a lot of minutes, as you were just saying. Uh, he plays a lot of games. As a matter of fact, if I'm not uh, mistaken, I'd have to go and look at this, but the games he missed was because he was healthy scratched, which at the time I didn't think he should have been, and I still to this moment don't think that he should have been. But anyway, that's that's just a fact. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The reason that I didn't agree with that was because he had just moved from the right side to the left side because somebody had to play on the left because there were too many right shots, and he went over there and he tried to do it and he wasn't any good at it. And then he got scratched for two games. And, you know, you took him out of position, then you scratched him. That's why I didn't like it, honestly. But anyway, take all that out. I like Andrew Peak as a player. I like Andrew Peak as a person. Um, I think the reason that he doesn't jump to the forefront when people are talking about the defense in the future, if they're like me, you just know he's going to be a part of it. Now, I will say this. Should he be a top pair defenseman? No, he should not. Can he be a second-pair defenseman? Yes, he can. If you're really strong, is he a third-pair defenseman? Maybe so. And I don't mean that as a knock on him. That's just, you know, going through and looking at the level of skill that you have on your back end. He can be in the top four. He can be in the top six. But he's going to be there in some sense because of all of the things that he does. He just kind of goes about his business. He doesn't score a lot of goals. He shoots a lot of pucks. He does shoot a lot. There, if there's a guy that's not afraid to throw a puck toward the net, that's your guy because he's not. Do they all get on net? No, they don't. Okay, fine. But he's trying to create things. He's trying to make things happen. I, I have no problem whatsoever with Andrew Peak and the way that he plays and uh, the amount of effort that he puts in. I, I think he does a, a fantastic job, quite frankly. But again, there have been times last year he was playing top pair with Zach Wierenski. Okay, well, that was fine because of the team you had and where you were in the standings. When you're going to the Stanley Cup playoffs, I don't think he's a top pair guy. If things work out the way this team wants them to, David Yurchek will be that guy. We'll talk about David in a minute here. If it works out like they want to, David will be that guy. Andrew Peak very easily can be on that second pair on the right side. Easily. And if he's not there, he could be on the third pair on the right side, although Good Branson is going to be there for the next couple of years. So that, to me, puts Peak in a, you know, a different situation. Although then you'd say, you'd come back and argue with me, if you're smart, well, what about Adam Boquist and where is he going to be? Ha-ha, great point. Great question. And here is the problem that the Blue Jackets have. Remember Jake Bean? Does anybody remember that guy? Where's number 22? Remember him? Yeah, he's been out since... Very, very early in the season. Where's he going to fit in? These are the problems. All right, what about that Blankenberg guy that's been out for the last two weeks or so? What? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, Blankenberg, at least of all of them, he has shown that he can play on the left side. He's willing, and he did a good job of it, and that ups his stock. Can Boquist go over there and play? He can. Has he done it a little bit? Yes, he has. So we'll see. But, again, a lot of right-shot defensemen. And how are they going to sort through all of that as they move along? But I like Andrew Peak, Tyler. To answer your question, I, I like him. And, I again, I think people don't talk about him because you just expect that he's going to be there somewhere because that's what he does. That's how he handles his job. He's always there somewhere. And I don't expect that to change. Mark Carell. Mark says the Blue Jackets have special nights with special sweaters and apparel that they sell, military 
uh, cancer, St. Patrick's Day, etc. But they don't sell autism apparel, though they have autism night. Could you pass along that there's a market for that? I'd kind of like to stop buying bootleg stuff. Okay, Mark, I can pass that along. That's easy. That's the easiest task of the day. In fact, I just read it. I just said it. It's been heard. It's been done. It doesn't get any easier than that for me. really doesn't. Morgan Bennett. Morgan says, which of the injured guys have been traveling with the team? Is that good for guys in IR morale and team morale? Also, you're saying, is it just good for their IR? Or Yeah, good for their IR. Good for their morale, even though they're on the IR and they know they're not going to be playing. Is that good for their morale just being around the team? Yeah, of course it is. Which guys have been traveling? Uh, Wierenski and Danforth took the trip to New York and Boston a uh, week before last and did not take the trip to Toronto and New Jersey. I honestly, I totally forgot where we were just like, four or five days ago. I had to think about it. I was reaching in my brain for the information. I found it. I found it, but I couldn't remember. Uh, They did not go on that trip. I would suspect everybody's going to be on the trip today. It's the last one. It's the last hurrah. Go into Philly and uh, be together with the boys one last time. So that's what I expect. I I can't tell you until I get on the plane, but that's, that's what I'm looking for. Is it good for team morale? Of course it is. To have a Zach Wierenski around is good for team morale. And just to remember that you have a player of that caliber that's going back into your lineup. It's good for everybody. They're, they're friends. You like to have your friends around. You miss your friends when they're not around. Absolutely. CBJ fan says, when a player is called up on emergency basis the morning of an away game, how does he get there so fast? Do they fly commercial airline or do the Blue Jackets send a jet to go pick them up? No, they fly commercial. They fly commercial, and that's what happened the other day with those four players coming out of Laval after they played on Friday night. They were trying to get to Columbus on Saturday, and there were travel issues, and that's why they didn't get there until 4 o'clock, 4.30, whatever it was, on Saturday afternoon for a 7 o'clock game. So it's, uh, yeah, nothing fancy about it. When you're coming from the American Hockey League to the National Hockey League, there might be a special situation where – they do something other than put you on a commercial flight, but it would have to be really special, really special. You know, maybe if you were flying over and you stopped in your plane and picked up a guy, but in, in fact, that doesn't even happen. I, I've known that to happen with guys that uh, I remember back when um, the Blue Jackets traded with the Rangers and Derek Broussard and Derek Dorsett and uh, who else went? John Moore went for Marion Gabrick. I think the Rangers actually stopped on their way somewhere, landed in Columbus, picked those guys up, and then went. I think that happened. They were at the airport, so if that didn't happen, they went on a private plane. But anyway, um, so it doesn't happen very often. They get on commercial flights and have to carry their gear, have to check their gear in, have to get their gear and lug it around. Oh, yeah. You're like a regular human being. If you're not in the National Hockey League, you're just like a regular human, right? you got to do all the work yourself, and you've got to, Carry your own bag and make your own flight and the whole nine yards. Kevin says, how did you feel about David Yerchek and his game up with the big club? Did you see noticeable improvement? And how do you think he'll look after the offseason? Well, Kevin, I talked about this during the postgame show on the radio the other night. Um, what did I? Here's the thing. David played two games here earlier in the year, and they were very early in the year. They were back in October, right? So he played two games here. Then he went down to Cleveland where he's been playing on a regular basis. What did I see 
in his game the other night. I thought he was fine. And here's what's unfair to me. You have a guy that was drafted sixth overall, and you know he's got an offensive upside, and you know he's been putting up offensive numbers in Cleveland as a defenseman, and you know he's been a big part of everything they've done down there. He's been running a power play. He's been doing all kinds of things. And he was on the point on the power play the other night, but here's the thing. When you have a player like that, I think what you expect to see is him to jump in, maybe pop in a goal or two, have a couple of assists, come out with a three-point night, and you can say, wow, that time in the American Hockey League really made a difference for David Yurichek. I think that time in Cleveland has made a big difference for David Yurichek. I think it is going to be invaluable experience for David Yurichek starting next year when he's in the National Hockey League. I absolutely think that 100%, but I also think this, that the other night he was fine. Didn't really make mistakes. Didn't put himself in a bad spot. He was okay. Do I see noticeable improvement? No, but it's one game, and it's one game, whereas I was just talking about, he traveled all day and didn't even get into Columbus until right before the game started. So he was already behind the eight ball before it even began, and then he went out there and he played, and he was fine. He was just, he was fine. He was okay to me. It was, he was all right. I mean, he didn't. He, he didn't make a huge mistake to be standing out, so that's a good thing as a defenseman. I will take that. 100%, I will take it. Every single time. I have no problem with that whatsoever. All right, if you're with me live on Twitter Spaces and you have a question that you would like to ask, all you have to do is request to be a speaker, and then I will give you that permission, and then you can be on the show, and that's exactly what I'm going through with Jack right now. Hello, Jack. How are you? Jack, you got to unmute. There you are. Hey, Bobby. Uh, my question for you is with guys like Tech CA and Danforth coming back next year, where do Peterson and Hunter McCown sit? Uh, Hunter McCown will be in the American Hockey League. No question about that. I mean, he just came out of college and he's playing in the NHL and he's been fine, but he's got a lot of work to do. He'll go back there and play just like Josh Dunn did when he came out of Clarkson a couple of years ago. Um, Lane Peterson, as far, I'm not sure of his contract status right off the top of my head, but if he's got more time on his contract, he'll probably be either a guy that's an extra or be a, a back and forth guy between Cleveland and Columbus, which is what he's done with other organizations. He's been kind of that veteran guy in the American hockey league. That's come up to fill holes whenever, um, whenever they're needed. I would expect him to be in that same kind of role. All right. Anything else, Jack? You covered it, Bobby. Thank you. All right, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate it. Sometimes I'm too efficient even for myself. You know what I mean? I'm so efficient, I just get right to it, and, and then I, I just leave you. Maybe you're so stunned that I just get right to it, and you get your answer, and it's so great. <laughs> I don't know about the last part, but anyway. Thank you, Jack. Appreciate you being on. Again, if you're on Twitter Spaces with me live right now, uh, and you would like to ask a question, all you have to do is request to be a speaker, and I'll get you on just like I got Jack on the show right there. Uh, Jonathan. Jonathan's got a bunch of stuff here. So let me get at it. And Jonathan says, I know the players don't tank, but that Buffalo game on Friday looms large as they will know where everything stands after Thursday night. If a win moves them out of last, would the players be more on board for tanking one game, specifically thinking of guys with longer contracts. I'll answer that. No. 
No. They're not they're just not going to do it. They are not going to do it. There's just too much at stake for them personally. There are stats, uh, there are goals. If you're Boone Jenner and you're sitting at 26, and if but by that time, let's say you're at 29, what are you going to do? Try not to score and get the 30? Absolutely, you're going to try to score. So, no. They, they, even the guys on the longer contracts aren't going to sit there and say, yeah, you know what, if we lose this one, we'll be in better shape. They, they're not programmed that way. They just aren't, Jonathan. I. There are times I wish they were, but they're not. That's just how it is. Jonathan also says, while I don't really expect the players to tank this week, I do think that Brad Larson should at least not overload the top line minutes as he has in recent games. Since coaches can control matchups and ice time, will that look more balanced this week, or will it be best lines to win? Again, a coach is not programmed to say, man, I can't wait to lose this game, especially a coach like Brad Larson. Look, He's got another year on his contract, but what kind of a guarantee is that? You're in a last-place situation. Now, of course, you've had to play all year without your regular lineup. I get all of that. I understand all of that. If I'm a coach in this situation, I'm saying, look, man, I didn't even have a chance. After week three, I didn't have a chance of playing with the guys that I was supposed to be playing with. I didn't have a strong lineup. I tried to do the best I could with the guys that I have. I developed guys. While they were in the National Hockey League, that should account for something. But my goodness, wins and losses, don't, don't hang that on me because it, it just it's not fair. And that would be a logical argument. Absolutely, 100%. But also, you're in a situation where you want to win. You want to show that, hey, guys are still playing for me as we're here at the end in a meaningless game. Uh, I can still get the most out of my team. I deserve to be here beyond this no matter what. Because your your argument is good, but you want you want the um the evidence to back it up. You want to be able to go and say, see how that guy played, see how that guy played, see how we kept on going, see that? Yeah. So he no, he's not going to he's not gonna just all of a sudden say, Well, we're gonna roll four lines the entire game, even if we're getting spanked. It's just not going to happen. Again, they're are times when you wish it would happen. There are times when you hope it would happen. But then when you sit back, and I'm in this boat all the time. Every day for the last couple of weeks, I've been sitting in this boat, and I don't think I'm alone in the boat. I think if I turn around, it's a ship. It's not a boat. But you're sitting there, and you're going, boy, it would be so much better to lose this game. And then you think to yourself, what are you doing? How can you hope to have failure? How can you hope to to not want to succeed. What is wrong with you? So it's really weird. It's really, really weird. It's uh, it, it's a it's a weird feeling. It's a crazy feeling. I don't know. I When it's over, we'll know one way or the other, and I won't have to feel like that again. I mean, I'm not going into next year saying, man, I hope they drop the first eight. Ugh, are you kidding me right now? So sick of losing. They're sick of losing. You're sick of losing. Everybody's sick of losing. The only thing that we're grasping on to right now is that maybe the losing can be worth it this one time. And maybe it won't. That's the kicker. There's a 25% chance that the losing will be worth it. Now, I shouldn't say that. I should say, as I was saying earlier, if you finish dead last, you can't pick any lower than third overall. So... Let's look at that in a bigger picture. So that's more than a 25% chance. That is a 
that's a guarantee you're going to get one of the three centermen. So maybe the losing can be worth it just this one time. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Paul has been patiently waiting to be a part of the show today. Hello, Paul. Bobby, how are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. Three more games, and then mercifully the season's going to end. <laughs> and then we're all going to be bored, and then we're going to watch other teams in the playoffs, and we're going to say, man, I wish the Blue Jackets were in the playoffs, and that that torture will go on for another two and a half months. Yes, you're right. I know, I know. Hopefully you're not a Pirates fan because I can't imagine that's going to be any better than our season. Well, guess <laughs> what? I am. But I've been, living, I've been living with that for like 20-some years, so it's not a big deal. I, I'm – I – I don't know. That's it. It's funny. My my son was just here for Easter. My brother-in-law was here. They were like, hey, how about the Pirates? They've gotten off to a good start. And I'm like, what is wrong with you guys? There's 162 games, and I'll tell you where they're going to be when it's over. <laughs> right? If history has anything to say about it. Yeah. And, then, and then guess what's going to happen there? And then they're going to get a high draft pick, and then maybe they pay that guy, and then when it comes time to give him a big contract, then they're not going to want to do it, and he's going to leave and go somewhere else. So, yeah, my, that, when I was talking about boats and ships earlier, my ship has sailed with that whole thing. But anyway, that's not what you uh, got on to talk about, Paul. So what's on your mind? No, this might be a, this might be a better Je- uh, Jeff Rimmer question, but – what maybe you can put this into some perspective for me, uh, you know, a hockey idiot that I am, but how ridiculous are the Boston Bruins right now? And the fact that they've got 63 wins on the year. Oh, they're absolutely ridiculous. I mean, they just broke the record, right? Tampa yeah. had uh, 62, but I was watching that all weekend, Paul. And I don't know if you were watching the games, but they kept putting those numbers up there. And I saw in sports center last night, you know, 63 and Tampa had 62. And I, I just looked at that graphic and I smiled, absolutely smiled, because that 62 for Tampa to me means nothing whatsoever after what happened to Tampa after those 62 games. They came in here, they played two games at home and two games at Nationwide Arena, and they were on the golf course the next day. So uh, the Bruins are ridiculous, and the Bruins are a much different team than Tampa was at that point in time. They're very deep. They've got... They've got grit. They've got skill. They've got goaltending. Uh, they've got a lot. When you look at it on the surface, uh, they should win the Stanley Cup. I'm not saying they are going to win the Stanley Cup because you never know what's going to happen with injuries and, and some guys. It'd be easy to say that there are guys that might not perform in the playoffs, but the guys that they have, their key guys always have performed in the playoffs, and they have uh, tried to be deep enough to be able to withstand injuries. But what they're doing is – Absolutely crazy. Let's go back to the beginning of the season. And, Paul, when I talked about teams in the Eastern Conference that could be aging out, the three that I harped on were the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Washington Capitals, and the Boston Bruins. And the Washington Capitals are not going to make the playoffs. The Pittsburgh Penguins may not make the playoffs. And the Boston Bruins are the best team in the National Hockey League by far throughout the course of the regular season. Now, their time is coming. There's no doubt about it. I mean, Bergeron, long in the tooth. David Krejci came back this year from Europe, long in the tooth. Brad Marchand, long in the tooth. Um, So, you know, their time is coming, but their time is certainly not now. They hope their time is now when it comes to winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, They're going to be a great opponent all the way through the playoffs for however long they last and whoever they're playing against. But, again, just look at that Tampa Bay number of 62 a couple of years ago and look what happened to them. Nothing is guaranteed in the Stanley Cup playoffs based on what you did in the regular season. Yes, they've won a lot of games. Yes, they've gathered a lot of talent. 
yes, they are deep and they should be able to um, to get through whatever injuries might come their way. But still, you know, goaltender has a couple of bad nights. Uh, another goaltender gets red hot. You never know what's going to happen, but Paul, it's it's absolutely it's absolutely ridiculous to watch what they're doing through the regular season. I agree. You took the words out of my mouth. I remember at the beginning of the year, you know, everybody's their best players are hurt. They're old. They're this and that, and you know, I remember predictions. People were kind of having them in the jackets about the same points. Hey, fighting for a playoff spot, wild card position, and. Boy, did they go in opposite directions. <laughs> yeah, I wish I, I wish the Blue Jackets had the same points. <laughs> what a story that would be. Couple years, couple years. Hey, we just got to get a good draft pick. That's all. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. And does it have to be the top guy? I don't think it has to be, but it sure as heck be nice if it was. I tell you what, I watched that. Uh, I watched some of the Michigan games, and boy, that Fantelli kid looks good. Yeah. And it, I think it, there's going to be just a big chip on his shoulder to prove people he should be number one. Well, and, and he plays that way anyway, right? Mm-hmm. I was talking with Zach Wierenski about him um, just a couple of weeks ago, and, and Zach loves the way that he plays. He loves how he plays with that attitude, and he'll just uh, he'll just run you over. He'll just kill you. I mean, that's just the way it is. That's an old-time mentality. Yeah, it seemed like whenever they needed a goal, he was the guy stepping up to get it. And those are the kind of guys you want, right? 100%, 100%. Well, and have a safe travel, and uh... – We'll see what happens by the end of the year. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen, right? What do you What do you think it is? Ah, I, at this point, it's like whatever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> that you know what, Paul? That's exactly how I feel. To be honest with you, I mean, it would it would be great to have the best chance at the number one overall pick, but after seventy nine games, I'm like, whatever, whatever. Yeah, I've got more important things to stress about than what Anaheim and the Chicago are doing in their game. I'm going to look, but I'm not going to really. It's like whatever. That's I, I like your approach. I'm going to take that approach for the week, Paul. Thank you. <laughs> Sounds good, Bobby. All right. That That is the way to look at it. I mean, how else are you supposed to look at it for crying out loud? Uh, th- what can I do about it? I can't do anything about it. I can't change it. I can't make them win. I can't make them lose. I can't do anything. So, ah, whatever. I like that, Paul. I like it a lot. Let's welcome Sean to today's Monday Mailbag. Hello, Sean. Hey, Bob. Happy uh, Happy late Easter to you. Thank you. Same to you. I um I got I kind of going to sound like a broken uh, broken record here because I uh I brought this up last week but this is kind of apropos to what we're talking about now. Um uh, I'm seeing a lot of parallels now between where we are now and the uh the 2015 season, the end of the 2015 season. Bob, if you remember back to that season, we won 16 of our last 19 games. And that ended us that ended up dropping us down to the eighth overall pick in an absolutely loaded draft. I mean, you talk about a loaded draft. Connor McDavid, Jack Eichel, Dylan Strom, Mitch Marner, uh, and Provorov, we took Wrensky eighth, Timo Meyer, Miko Rantanen. Um, this is a uh, Matty Barzell, Jake DeBrusque, Kyle Connor. I mean, this you talk about a draft, hello. And everybody's saying this is situation that we're in now. But people, no, and then people talk about, oh, we didn't get any of the top guys. What happened the next season, the ensuing season, the Blue Jackets went were one of the best teams in the National Hockey League at home, 28-12-1 at home. And that was the start of a four-year consecutive stretch of making the playoffs. So people, you just, you never know. Even if we get 
Connor Bedard, you know, look at look at the look at the um, Maple Leafs. They've had Matthews forever. McDavid's been in uh, Edmonton forever. Eichel's passed around. Even if you get the top guys, there's just no guarantee. What there is a guarantee of is the best way to become a good hockey team is to win more hockey games than you lose. That's a proven scientific fact. So whatever happens over the next three games, whether we go from one to eight or anywhere in between, you just, I'm going to go off the last guy. Just go with it, right? I mean, just enjoy it. You never know. We ended up with Zach Wierenski that draft. Where would this franchise be if we didn't have Zach Wierenski right now? You know, hello. So I, I, love, I, I love that you said <laughs> it is a proven fact because it is. Like you did a lot of heavy research to realize if you win more than you lose, you're going to be a successful hockey ask, team. Ask, ask the Boston Bruins if winning <laughs> hockey games makes you a good hockey team or not. <laughs> ask them. I love it. I love it, Sean. Um, yeah, it's – look, but when you're talking about this draft in particular and – you know, when they got Waranski, they needed something on the blue line. They've stocked up on that blue line. I mean, this is the center position has got to be addressed on this team right now. And one of the best ways to do it is to make sure you get one of those three guys at the top, right? Absolutely. I, I, I agree with that. But I also, you know, I I think that Yarmo does most of his damage through trades. And I think that he is if he doesn't get that first overall pick and he's sitting there at, you know, two or three, I'd be really interested to see what he does via that market. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, his, his track record of, of first overall picks is it's pretty scatter plot. It's all over the place, but I think that he has a pretty keen eye for acquiring talent via trade. So I'd be curious along that front. It, I, I think you got to get, I, I think you have to fall to four or five though, for him to consider that. I, I think if it, if you have one, two or three, he's going with one of those three guys. If it gets beyond that, I, I probably agree with that. And I, I know people are that. talking about this Will Smith guy, which I don't know a lot about right now. I'm not going to lie to you, but uh, you know, to me, if it, once you get beyond three, if there's any kind of a question, and and then if you can use that pick to leverage something, then I could see him entertaining that. But if it's one, two, or three, I don't think that has a snowball's chance of entering his mind. He's going to take one of those three guys. I completely agree with you where it's kind of like having a left tackle in football or even a quarterback. I mean, you have to have one, right? If you, if you want, we have to have both because if you don't have one, the other one's going to get killed. So that's why you have to have, right. You have to have two in the, especially the playoffs. We'll see that for the next two, two months, you have to have two centers. You just have to, you have to have, you have to roll two lines that are competitive and scoring lines at least minimum. So, and right now it's an open book of whether we have at least one so i completely agree with you we're sitting there once what i was getting at is just that even if we end up with a carlson kid and not a badar kid you just never know you you know it's just you never freaking know so right well right and and to go further to your point in all those years and this is what you just got done saying and all those years since mcdavid was drafted and eichel was drafted neither one has hoisted a stanley cup other teams have with the players that they have so those elite players to this point have still not delivered the ultimate prize, whereas uh, the other teams that, as you so eloquently put it, win a lot of games, they've done that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I just uh, – there's there, there seems to be, a, again, not not at the games. We still get 17, 18, 19,000 people show up to the games, but there seems to be a pesky few fans that want this team to lose three games to end the year, and I just – I, I refuse to I refuse to bring myself to to do that to, to 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 go to that point. So, yeah. Anyway, thank you, Bob. Appreciate it. Well, thank you. And you know what? By next Monday, we're going to know how it all worked out. 
By next Monday, there's no more division. By next Monday, there's no more question. By next Monday, we'll know what happened. We'll know what the Blue Jackets' chances of landing the first overall pick are. We'll be able to have that discussion. We can recap a season. We can talk about the things you liked and about the things you didn't like, and one list is probably longer than the other, although I don't know that it should be, because even a season of turmoil and disappointment, there were a lot of good things that happened along the way. Look at Kent Johnson. Kent Johnson's at 40 points right now going into these last three games. And to me, that's a pretty big deal. This guy has quietly developed throughout the course of the season. And it's hard to develop in the National Hockey League. Should be developing in the American Hockey League under normal circumstances. These were far from normal circumstances with this franchise these last couple of years. So he's had to develop in the National Hockey League. And he's done it. He's done a great job of it. Kirill Marchenko, 21 goals. What did I say a couple of weeks ago when I was asked how many would he get? Did I not say 22? Was my number 22? I think it was 22. There are three games left. He has to get the one to get to 22 because somebody asked me if he would get to 25, and I said, I don't think he'll get to 25. I said 22. Now, he could still get to that 25. He could still get there. But he has a lot of work to do in these last three games. Four games in, or four goals in three games. He'd have to work hard for it. One last question here from Jody, who says, would love to know your thoughts on the defense now versus the start of the season. Well, at the start of the season, you had Wierenski, you had Bean, and it was better. We all knew it was going to be a work in progress, but we never got to see much of the progress from those two guys. Uh, now... Come on, look what it is now. It's a lot of American Hockey League players. Uh, if you're talking about the team defense, there are nights when it's better. There are nights when it's not. Um, the defense overall, it's missing some of the horses, and it was better at the beginning than it is now. Eric Branson developed. I mean, he, he got, I shouldn't say developed. He got accustomed to his role here and his teammates and his city and all that stuff and got better along the way and, prove that when you need him to play more minutes, he can. Some of you still, I'm sure, vehemently disagree with me on that, but you'll see. You'll see. That'll be fine. Uh, Not every game, not every situation, but from time to time when needed, it can be done. But, um, yeah, I was still, right now it's just, right now it's just get through it with the defense. They're just trying to get through it and keep enough bodies healthy to have six guys on the blue line, and we'll go on from there. Blue Jackets play their last road game of the season tomorrow night in Philadelphia. The puck will drop at 7 o'clock. We've got pregame coverage starting at 6.30. You can get it with Dylan Tyre and me on the Blue Jackets radio network starting at 6.30 tomorrow night. You can get it on Bally Sports Ohio on your TV at 6.30 tomorrow. And then the Blue Jackets return home. They'll take on the Penguins on Thursday, the Sabres on Friday, and uh, then that'll be it. And then, as I said, next week we will reconvene right here probably be able to go back to the regular time of one o'clock there will be no travel so let's just set the date right now here we go next monday 1 p.m eastern time we'll get right back together here in this forum and we'll talk about what happened this week we'll talk about where the blue jackets are in the uh, final overall standings what the chances are of getting the first overall pick in the nhl draft lottery and we'll talk about you know what impressed you what disappointed you throughout the course of the season all right 
That's the first time I made a plan for next week's show this week. First time all year. Maybe the first time ever. Maybe the first time ever. But that's what we're going to do next week when we get together right back here. And it's going to be a sad day because the end of the season is always sad, I think. I, I don't like it. Even in a season where you're in dead last place, to me it's like the last day of school. You're looking forward to it because you know that there's much less work on the other side of it. But here's a fact. You have some friends that you only see during school, and you don't see them during the summer. You have to wait until the fall to see them again. Same is true for me here. There are people that I'm around every day right now that after next Friday, I'm not going to see them on a daily basis, and I'm going to have to wait until development camp at the very least in July to be able to see them again. So that, you know, that part to me stinks. That's the part that I will miss. I miss the people. I miss being around the people that I work with on a regular basis because I genuinely like those people, believe it or not. I mean, sometimes maybe you hear me talk to them and you think, boy, they don't like each other. That's not true. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, don't, I, I would doubt you've ever thought that. But um, that, that's what I miss about it. And, and I'm, I'll miss the players. I mean, you won't see the players. Maybe you run into them once in between the end of the season and the beginning of the next. But it's very infrequent. So, um, you know, the players, the coaches, the medical trainers, the equipment guys, all the people that I'm around on an everyday basis during the season, I won't be starting next Saturday morning. And that part, for me, is the tough part. That is the part... That absolutely stinks. In any event, tomorrow night, Philadelphia, city of brotherly love, the Blue Jackets, the Flyers, 7 o'clock the puck drops, 6.30, pregame coverage on the radio network and on Valley Sports Ohio. Thanks for joining me again today. Thanks for your great questions. And don't forget, next week, we're going to get back together. We're going to talk about all this one more time to wrap up the season. <laughs>